Welcome to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christopherson, joined by Michael Brunt. No Mike Schaefer. He's, he's in Maine? Is that where he's in? He's, uh, he's, he's eating lobster rolls. And is, is Maine like the new like vacation hotspot? He's like the fifth person I know, I've known like in the last six months that has gone to Maine, which seems like a really high number of people that would go to Maine. Um, I don't know. It's been one of those places I've always like kind of you, you say like, I'd like to go there. It's like on probably my top 10, like American, you know, destinations. And then, uh, but I never think I will. So I, I applaud, I applaud him falling through with it. Yeah. On the, his honeymoon, of the course. Northeast because- is a, uh, I feel like you could basically drive through about three States up there. And the, the amount of time that it would take me to get from my house to your house across. Yeah. The- yeah. I mean, it's uh, too bad. There's not uh, good. A lot of top notch recruits up there. Think of, think of all the efficiency you could have. Yeah. You could just be hitting somebody in, in Concord, New Hampshire, get over to Montpelier, Vermont before sundown. Who's the last big Husker prospect out of Maine? <laughs> there's probably one that i should know you know nebraska played maine uh once uh it not did. that long ago in the bill callahan era it was an opener and it was a kind of a it was kind of a struggle the husker i remember the score actually it was 25 to 7 and i'm pretty confident in that and it was uh it was an ugly game the black bears right was that in 2005 2004 2005 it was five, which was an interesting, uh, actually pretty interesting year. That was they 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 won the ugly seven six game over Pitt, in yep. which Musburg Musburger decided it was so bad he had to open up that can before the limo even pulled out, and he got a ticket, which I think is a little strict, maybe since everybody around the stadium has alcohol. It seems yep. like um, there was an Iowa State. They beat Iowa State in overtime. And then they lost the game to Texas Tech, where they would have been five and zero, but Lakeven didn't fall down. Yeah, well, that was also that was also the Harrison Beck game, right, against K State that year. That was, that was that year. They got whooped by Kansas out there, but they rallied late in the season after the Harrison Beck, whatever you want to call that game. <laughs> they yeah, beat, beat Colorado, beat Michigan, and when they could have almost lost on a bunch of laterals at the end yeah interesting season who knew we were going to relive 2005 but that's what talking about Maine will do to you yeah (laughs) it's been a couple weeks since we've uh gotten together there's a lot to hit on over the like July is usually like a total snooze fest and it feels like this July has not been so snoozy well is that fair yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I was thankful last week. We, I'll admit, we were a little, we were a little shorthanded because Schaefer was getting married and uh, you were gone. I think a day or two, and then I was up in Minnesota, you know, catching bass, and uh, I thought they might have an AD announcement or something because that's usually how that sort of stuff goes, you know, when you're not around. But uh, thankfully for us, they didn't. But what else? What else besides that? Well, Nebraska football. We. We got confirmed a couple transfer walk-ons, which I guess qualifies as news in the second week of July. Um, we've, we've got a Nebraska basketball player staying in the NBA draft. We've got a 
double-digit scoring grad transfer from Arizona State that's transferring in, plus Nebraska baseball, it seems like every day of the month they've been doing something. So we're bolts on a roll. He's on a roll. He's on a definite heater. And where, where, where do we want to go? I mean, and, and you've got a little bit of recruiting going on, um, even though the coaches are taking a little bit of a vacation before the start of fall camp in a couple of weeks and fall camp starts in a couple of weeks. That's crazy to me. Like, yeah. All right. That, let's, let's save Will Bolt's heater for the second part and basketball. Let's go AD and football. What's your, uh, what's your date? Like when, when do you think this goes down? When, when do we hear a name? I th- think we'll probably know something before we get on the plane to go to Indianapolis for big 10 media days on July 21st. Okay. I think so too. Here's another question that I get asked. It seems like on every radio show is what should there be any kind of concern about the way that any of this is unfolded? Like the search, like leaving aside Bill Moose deciding to, retire very quickly and get a lot of money for doing so. Um, I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, I mean, it could be very well organized or it could be chaos for all I know, but um, my, my quick answer is no, cause I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Like, I mean, I, I'm, if honestly they could go through July and not announce it, and yeah, there'd be intrigue that kind of carries with it, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that much of it. It's different to me than uh, when Steve Peterson spent 41 days, you know, wandering through the wilderness trying to get his football coach because you're losing out on recruiting during that time period. Um, it was clear that his first, second, <laughs> third options were like all falling through because they're very public and how it happened. And so it became a very much a spectacle. And there's just more attention on like the football coach and the AD actually. I mean, it's just a, in some ways to me, a bigger hire, even though the AD is the boss, man. So uh, no, I'm not really worried about it. So, so your, your concern meter only rises when Ronnie Green starts sending planes across the country to pick (laughs) up candidates and they come back empty. If Houston Nutt turns down this AD job and it's obvious, it's like they had Houston on the plane and we're all kind of talking ourselves into like Houston Nutt. Yeah. Like he'd be a good AD, you know, like we're talking ourselves into it and all that, like we were back then. And then uh, it doesn't happen. Yeah. That would be embarrassing. Uh, But it would take something like that. I guess if it went into like the middle of August, I, I would be like, what's going on here. But, I, I mean, I think it'll be done by the end of July for sure. And I'm with you. I think it'll be done in the next week or so. Um, I, I just don't think I don't get impatient about it. I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. Um, it's an important hire. Um, but when they announce it, we're all going to act like it's a great hire, no matter what, that's the way it works. Right. And then we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Do you, since the last time we talked, I think the last, podcast that we had we we hit on some qualities that that perhaps we would like to see in in the next athletic director at nebraska um do you 
with, with this hire, I mean, do you get the sense that they're leaning one way or the other from the standpoint of like, you know, that like there's, there's kind of like the Nebraska pool over mm-hmm. here. And then there's kind of like every other potential AD hire over here. I mean, that, that's, that's essentially, I think how it kind of breaks down in my mind is like, are you going to take somebody from the familiar pool or you're going to get from like the moose pool? Like, like the guy that's kind of a little bit out of the, yeah. outside the box. And if have it's your, have your thoughts changed, I guess, over the last two weeks of what you'd like to see in an AD um, while you're sitting on the boat, catching, just reeling in your, all I was, of that. I was thinking about that AD search. I was like, who's it? What, what qualities does this person need to have does the volume of tweet, <laughs> does the volume of tweets suggest that somebody is ready or not to be an ad that's what i want to know i i you're talking about garrett classy because uh, he's very active on social media i think garrett classy is going to be a fine ad for somebody and he could be nebraska i don't know i mean he uh i think the thing i like about him if we're going to talk about internal candidates is what he did with the NIL stuff. Um, he got out in front of that. He, I think he was very instrumental as far as Nebraska being at least seen publicly as one of the leaders. Obviously, maybe there's a built-in advantage with open doors being down the street, but he connected with them right away. He got other people involved. And uh, it felt like um, he gave off the impression through that situation that he's a guy who as the landscape is changing in college sports is ready to take it on, like take on the challenge. And so I don't care if the next AD tweets ever, but if he's a, he or she is a type of person who um, embraces the fact that the ground is going to be moving under us and says, that's the way it is. That's college sports now. And I'm up for that fight. And I'm not going to be like wishing it were 1988 all the time. That's the type of person they need, um, whether that's internal or external. Now, I do think there is something to be said for when you go outside the radius a little bit with someone who has some distance from the anybody that's currently there where they can come in and sort of make an evaluation on people um without like an intense connection that was already established you know so um that's the advantage if you go outside the box you get you bring in somebody who uh you're hoping is sort of uh an overseer with a a fresh perspective on who's already there and how it's working you mentioned the nil stuff i mean that was something else that happened since the last time we potted we're we're living in a different uh oh yeah a different time um what do you make of it so far see i can ask questions too how do you like that yeah that was good um i i don't know like it felt like i i kind of assumed that there would be and i think there's a lot of things in college sports and and also like there was just a lot of like build-up you know what i mean and i think everybody was expecting things to be completely different and hundred thousand dollar handshake. I, I don't know. Like I, I think yeah. people were expecting huge deals and, and things like that, that would be immediately come out and that kind of thing. And um, you know, you, you, you had that for some people and, and more of the bigger named people that were already known anyways, but I mean, you had 
you know, guys tweeting about, you know, delivery snacks and shampoo and, you know, runs yeah. ahead, their whole thing where people are, people are tweeting about the runs app, which that's fine. Um, I was, I interviewed Jojo Doman and Ben Stilley um, earlier this week because they're running a football camp. That's one of their things they've got working. And Stilly had an interesting point that for guys who are a little bit older in their careers, and this makes sense, I mean, if you really kind of think about it, they really have to kind of strike while the iron's hot. And especially, you know, once you get into the season, you're not going to be doing a lot of this stuff more than likely. So for him, he needed to have like his merch line ready to go. Like this football camp is another thing he's doing. I think there's a couple other things that he's working on that are opportunities as well. So I, 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 it feels like things have calmed down a little bit, I guess, from the first week. I mean, we're on, it's July 13th now. So we've almost been at this for two weeks, but it, it seems like, you know, you, it, it, I, I guess the, the wild, wild West that maybe a lot of people were assuming would happen doesn't seem like it's happening. And it seems like guys are making a little bit of money here and there for, you know, Hawk and Runza's or Casey Rogers doing canine training. Yeah. I like that. Cool. So that was probably the best one. I think. But, <laughs> um, Ronnie needs it. Yeah. I know who to call. I can give you yeah. the number. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, not everyone's driving Porsches yet. Uh, a lot of a lot of college athletes still going to have to drive some Honda Civics or whatever, um, which is fine. Dodge um, Chargers, isn't that the car of choice these days? What is it? Everybody's driving Dodge Chargers, I see on oh, social media. Oh, really? Media. Yeah. Anyway. What was it when uh, – it felt like the Pontiac Grand Am was like a really big car when I was in college for college students. Like not a great car, but sort of like, yeah, you'd – people had pride in having a Pontiac Grand Am or something. Sounds good. I don't know. I don't know if that's right or not. Um, you're right though. Uh, I, th I've always been hesitant to say this. Um, cause I, I, first off, I want to be clear. I'm very supportive of, I think people should be able to make money off their names. I think it's long overdue. Like I, there's a guy from Purdue, Xander Horvath or whatever his name is. Uh, it, yeah. And he does stuff with cars. Um, like I think he fixes them up or something like that. I don't know. Uh, he, but I, he draws them, right? Like, oh, that's what he does. He, he, like, he, doesn't, he doesn't actually work on the cars. I don't think so. He just draws them. Yeah. So he's like a artist. I think if Bob you, Ross. I think if you send him a picture of your car, he'll draw it for you. I'm pretty sure that's what okay. it is. And they're they're good. My point stands still. <laughs> whether whether he's fixing them up for real yeah. or drawing them on paper, he's got a talent that's beyond sports that why why wouldn't you be able to make some dough off of that? You know, if you can do it in your spare time. It should be that way for any college student. And so I'm happy this is the way it is. I've also always maintain sometimes quietly because i don't know if it was the most popular thing to say but i think it's coming to show itself now i've always said there's only like two or three guys on a football roster at a given time who could actually sell their jersey because of who they are as a player and i don't mean any disrespect uh to guys who are starters or working hard and stuff like that but i'm talking about actually like moving product because you're that good like 
that that's a select category still. Um, that's like your Rex Burkhead, Amir Abdullah's, your Adrian Martinez types, your Sues, you know, that those, those type of players. Um, it's just like in the pros, like those are all amazing athletes in the NFL and NBA, but there's still only like a select percentage that can actually go out and just make a ton of money off of their name alone, selling, you know, shoes or shirts or whatever it may be. Um, so I'm not that surprised, I, I guess. I, on June 30th, you did get the feeling like uh, sort of as it was nearing midnight, like everything's going to change and maybe there's stuff we don't even know about yet. Uh, and I thought Blake Lawrence was on Twitter and he made a fair point. Uh, I don't want to undersell guys making some, some dough off of Runza or whatever that, I mean, that all that counts and is good for them. And so that, that matters. So I'm glad they can. The, in those two interviews with, with Stillian Doman, one thing that Jojo kind of brought up that I thought was interesting and it kind of tied into that situation at Miami where they had, you know, a, a big group of people that basically said that they were going to pay, um, pay essentially like, you know, every player gets X amount. They had a big pool of money. It was basically mm. half a million dollars. Um, and he, Jojo said that he thought that it might make sense going forward. If there were more opportunities like that, that are more, of a group type thing where you just have like a, a pool of money like that. It's pretty easy, I guess, from the standpoint of just having to, to organize everything um, and, and do a little bit more of a collective type deal like that versus, you know, everybody rushing around trying to, you know, hustle their own thing. So that, that, that'll, that I thought was interesting because it was basically like a group saying, okay, you know, here's, you know, your deals over here for fast food, et cetera. We're just going to, this is the deal over here um, for a certain percentage of um, athletes that want to opt in. I thought that that's interesting. And I'm curious to see what the evolution of all this is going to be, because it's like everything else where you, you kind of start to figure out the angles, what makes sense and what works. And I, I think that that that's going to be more fascinating to follow, I think, than just the, you know, I, I agree. Great that guys can do that, but I think that there's somewhere down the road, this is going to look different because of something like that. And in Nebraska, there's going to be opportunities that are intriguing for like a walk on from a small town, you know, from a, and somebody, a bank in his town, you know, or so, you know, some, some, he, there's going to be deals like that, that, that appear for, for players like that. And that's going to be interesting. I think the camp aspect that Doman and Stilly are doing is, is cool. And we've talked about it before. I think with baseball guys in particular, they could put on clinics and stuff. I mean, think about like Drew Christo or somebody, you know, in the next, if he's doing a pitching clinic or something like that in a year or so, there's all sorts of like under 13 type teams or whatever that are going to want to have guys at it you know and that that's great I mean that that's that's the way it should be so I don't want it to be mistaken that I'm not all for for it I'm just not surprised that not everybody's just gonna rake in a hundred thousand dollars here yeah I had a, a friend's wife that played softball uh in the big 12 and they um uh, she would be approached all the time 
by parents um, wanting to do pitching lessons, uh, you know, kind of one-off things like that. Um, and I, I think that's where, you know, probably your you know, non-revenue type athlete is going to be able to, to maybe, like you said, I mean, if you're Christo or somebody like that, that, um, you know, you find some team that's willing to pay for their eight-year-old kid to learn how to pitch from a college athlete. I think a lot of uh, parents would probably be willing to pay that if they're already shelling out money for travel teams and everything else. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost just kind of like the cost of doing business for some of those parents. So that, I mean, that's, I think that's, that, that's a decent angle, especially in the off season for a lot of those, those athletes who, you know, before would work like a Nebraska camp or something like that and make 10 bucks an hour or something like that for a few hours a summer. But I mean, that's, a, that's a decent side hustle if you're doing it that way. And frankly, something that you could probably develop, you know, beyond when you're in college too. These, uh, I think the Husker volleyball players are going to do as well as anybody off of this. I mean, it's such a, you talk about young baseball players growing up this state, how many little girls are growing up and they want to, you know, play for John Cook and Husker volleyball. And uh, you talk about clinics or whatever it may be that there's going to be something open there. And let's face it, if Nebraska football or basketball starts winning in a big way, that changes the narrative too. I mean, even in, we still see it around here and I, I don't begrudge them, but there's guys from the nineties still who their name carries a ton. Um, even now you'll hear them on an ad or something. And it, it you know, cause they're part of championship type teams. If, if you start winning more and some of that stuff, uh, that always increases advertising too, op- opportunities for people. Yeah. Is there anything else football wise we need to hit on? Well, I don't know. We got, there were the transfers um, today, the walk on uh, transfers. I need to get their names in front of me. You got the wide receiver. Chancellor. Yeah. Chance also Chancellor. Uh, from Northern Arizona, uh, 6'3 guy, Chancellor Brewington. Uh, he was a three-star guy in high school. Uh, went to the same high school as Javen Wright. The The only thing about him uh, is he hasn't played in a game since 2018 because he was <laughs> – it's been a while. Yeah, about I mean, that. <laughs> but – I don't know the whole story there, though, because he obviously 2020 got canceled and then 21, there was an FCS season, but he was injured at set on his bio. So I don't know what the backstory is there. Um, And then he redshirted in 2019, which is interesting because he actually is pretty productive his first two years. Um, But you know what? He's a he's a prospect who's got good size. And if he comes in and helps you out, good. I mean, it's there's no risk with it. He's a walk on guy. He, 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 you said six, three, so he's tall enough to, to get in the room. That's basically yeah, get, what, how tall you have to be now. Right. You gotta be at least six, two, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there was, a there was one more addition, um, defensive back. I'm struggling with the names today. It's all right. It's the off season. You're, you're still, did you catch anything in Minnesota, by the way? You, you yeah, kind of thanks for stalling. That. Thanks for stalling. I didn't, I didn't uh, fish a whole lot, actually. I, I did catch a few bass. Uh, one night they were kind of jumping in the boat for me and nobody else, so that was kind of fun, but uh, nothing to brag about. Uh, 
the the player, the defensive back is is Keon Brumfield, um, Kion Brum Brumfield. He was at Texas Tech last year, played in six games, um, mostly on special teams. So maybe he's a guy who helps you out there. Uh, adds depth, you know, in the in the secondary. Uh, he played. He started his career at Colgate and uh, was graduated in three years. Um, so he, I mean, he hasn't played a ton or started a ton anywhere. Um, I think he started one game at Colgate. So I, it's not like a Tyreek Johnson type addition or anything, but it's you know a depth piece. And if he can help you out with special teams or something, uh, good. And like I say, uh, all reward possibility, no risk when it's a walk on. Sounds good. Should we uh, take a break real quick? Talk, uh, and when we come back, we can hit on a little baseball, a little draft, talk a little Delano Banton, and uh, another backcourt addition for Nebraska basketball. Does that work? Yeah, let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Husker 24-7, our podcast here. I I didn't say that right. I kind of separate them. The Husker 24-7 podcast. Uh, It's Michael Brunts is on the other end. I'm Brian Christopherson. Mike Schaefer's on his honeymoon. It was a lovely wedding. Uh, Great food. Brunts hogged all the green beans, it seemed like. Yeah, Uh, go to town on the green beans. Yeah, save some for us. Uh, The twice-baked potato was delicious. Did you, um, we left before they got to the donut wall. Did you go to the donut wall? I saw the donuts. Uh, I, I did not go there, but uh, it was definitely a nice touch. Um, it was a very, very beautiful wedding. Um, you were you and I were both at the wedding, sat next to each other. So we weren't like the people who just come for the free food. You know, we, we were there for the whole experience. So you got to give us that, right? Yeah, we saw everything. We saw yeah. everything. We were stuck back in the media corner so the best man got in some good cleveland indians jabs at schaefer which i appreciated that got a little tense yeah yeah i didn't expect they were gonna fight on stage like that but <laughs> lo and behold that's what yeah. happened yeah I, I almost got on the dance floor when uh when luda when they started playing some ludicrous but i decided to not to hold back but anyway, that leads us into Whipple Bolt and what's going on with Husker baseball. And, and they're rolling. Is there, is there a ludicrous rolling song? Maybe. I could have meant it. Anyway. Yeah, that would have been a segue if you would have pulled that off. The, 
so Major League Baseball draft later this year um, took place the last three days. Um, I'm sure everybody was on the edge of their seats as they rolled through the 20 rounds of picks. Um, but for the current Huskers, Spencer Schwellenbach went in round two to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching him play on TBS going forward. Um, Cade Povich to your Minnesota Twins in round three. And uh, yes. Cam Wynn um, snuck in right under the, uh, the the 20th round, right at the end, uh, to the Philadelphia Phillies. Not expecting to see any of those guys back in a Nebraska uniform next year. Cam Wynn, I'd actually talked to him today, and he was packing up his apartment to move to Clearwater, Florida. Um, so, you know, they move quick in Philadelphia, I guess. So those three guys drafted. Congratulations to them. Um, as for – the, the future Huskers that everybody was sweating out, uh, neither Drew Christo nor Chase Mason um, heard their name called. Uh, Drew Christo on Tuesday morning, I mean, basically announced what everybody kind of assumed after he went undrafted through the first two days, but he will be playing his three years of college baseball in Lincoln. Um, it's expected that Chase Mason, um, another top 100 recruit, will do the same. And um cj hood was the other guy that was kind of getting some scout interest that he also is planning to come to nebraska so pretty good week from the draft perspective the guys that you kind of figured would go went the guys that you were hoping would not did not and that wasn't even the biggest news of the week for nebraska wait there's more there's more rob childress back brian your thoughts that's awesome. I mean, how many times can you get a guy like that to come in? Um, who's what was he at AM? 17 years? Uh, 16. 16 yeah. seasons. Yeah. I mean, and obviously he did an amazing job as the Husker pitching coach. And the thing that's great about it is, I mean, that's like a family. I mean, like, you know, he was, Will Bolt was a player here, Jeff Christie, those guys. I mean, that's, it's just, uh, you know, it's going to mean a lot to Childress to try to do his part uh, and get in Husker baseball, you know, back to the CWS. And, and uh, you've got all that experience and a guy who definitely knows the lay of the land down in uh, Texas where there's a lot of good recruiting like the rest of Will Bolt's staff does. And uh, it's just like the perfect fit. And also it just sort of builds up this public momentum that was – evident when Nebraska was playing Arkansas like I hadn't seen in a while where it's just like people are completely dialed in and you can tell right now people are just sort of on fire for Husker baseball you know they've they've got they've got something blowing in the wind that people are want to they're excited about yeah it it uh you know the the one question I guess I've heard from some is you know how does this I mean, when you have a guy that was a head coach for 16 seasons in the SEC coming in as a non-coach kind of staffer type role, like how does that kind of mess with the dynamic with everybody? But like you said, Bolt, you know, played for for Childress at Nebraska, was an assistant for him at A&M. Lance Harvell was a uh, – he played at A&M, was also a, a grad assistant down there for Rob Childress as well. Jeff Christie played for Rob Childress at Nebraska, was a volunteer assistant uh, for him at A&M. So 
you know, it, it, it is, I mean, there's tons of familiarity. It is like a big family. Um, and, and, and frankly, I mean, Nebraska's staff is still very young. I mean, they, they've coached at various places, but I mean, you know, they're early forties and younger. Um, so having somebody around to bounce things off of, I mean, just to have Rob Childress watch a bullpen, a guy throws, I mean, that's huge. And, you know, I, I think the other thing that it signals too is just uh, that there's a lot of belief, I think, in, in the baseball world about the direction that Nebraska is going. And that's not just locally. I get that sense from uh, a lot of the national guys that they're kind of intrigued by Nebraska and, and what they're doing. Um, I, I think that there's a ton of momentum locally. So this is big. And, you know, for Rob too, I mean, he, had opportunities this off season to get right back into coaching if you wanted to. Um, and I, you know, he's long had an affinity for Nebraska. He's been up here a ton in the fall and the off season. And, you know, I, I think it's an opportunity too for him to kind of take a step back and just be around rather than kind of having that meat grinder of the sec on you every day. So, um, you know, the other piece of it too, uh, you know, with, college baseball's transfer portal is crazier than, you know, football and basketball um, with, with the way things are going right now. And, and I just talked to uh, Mason Ornelas, um, who was an, a pitcher at A&M who just announced that he's transferring to Nebraska. A big piece of why he was considering Nebraska was because of Bolt and Christie and, and just, you know, the way things are at Nebraska. He comes from a family of Nebraska fans, but the thing that put him over the top was the fact that Rob Childress was going to be at Nebraska. So that's a, that's a big name. I think um, that, that you can kind of sell not only locally where his name still carries a ton of weight, but also in, in other States as well. Yeah, it was, uh, it just feels like it's been like a few days of just constant, like good news from baseball, you know, and uh, Bolt, you know, recently, I don't know if it was after our podcast, our last podcast, since we weren't around as much last week, but, you know, they gave him a nice pay raise and um, the assistants got a bump and what Bolt went up like $100,000, I think, to 400000 Is that right? Am I I'm yeah, trying to remember the numbers? He's now, uh, yeah, over 300 to 400 which puts him uh, number two in the Big Ten behind uh, Eric Backage at Michigan, who I believe is at 800000 so um, that's, you know, a pretty significant gulf still between the two of them. But I think the other part of those kind of salary discussions, post-season type discussions were, um, you know, potential uh, upgrades at Haymarket Park, which frankly hasn't had that many done, um, you know, since it's been open. It's been open 20 years now. So um, that was a piece of it. And also just little things like, you know, can we charter um, one way to a road series rather than having to, um, <laughs> you know, fly commercial to, to Penn state or, or something like that. Like those types of little things that, you know, probably don't get the average fan excited, but are big deals to players and coaches. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I mean, I've never been to the stadium uh, in Fayetteville where they played the super regional. Uh, but I have to think, you know, being in that environment and seeing that stadium and it felt it, on TV, those SEC stadiums look like kind of little band boxes, but it, 
there there's kind of some old school charm to some of the stuff I saw, you know, like them putting the lineup card on sort of a blackboard and stuff that's easy enough to do. But I, you got to think that they went there and got in that environment and took some ideas too about stuff you could take home to Haymarket as you kind of think about shifting how the park looks a little bit or things you want to do to it. Yeah. I mean, and it's even, you know, Nebraska had pretty much every admin um, at that, at that tournament. Um, I know Bill Moose wasn't there, but a lot of the money types and, and kind of idea people in the department were in Fayetteville. And I, I think it was pretty eye opening for them. Um, the atmosphere, the facilities, I mean, Nebraska still has very good facilities. I'm not trying to, you know, act like they're playing on a sandlot or something like that, but they do, you know, locker rooms probably need to be upgraded a little bit, that kind of stuff that, you know, really does matter if you're trying to attract a higher level of recruit or, or, you know, keep guys around longer. Yeah. Oh, I will admit my favorite Nebraska baseball memory is because it's their first one was when they beat rice at buck belts or field. Um, <laughs> guy winning a winning a super regional on the uh, football practice field uh, is is an awesome thing to watch you know yeah it's uh well th- do they even have locker rooms there like i feel like they probably <laughs> got dressed in the parking lot right i think i think if guys had to use the bathroom at the super regional they were they were taking a leak right next to uh, a fan who was sitting down the left field line but uh that's the p section yeah um so yeah Anyway, that, I mean, you're right. There's more to it than just the salary with Bull. And obviously, I don't think anybody who thought they had to, like, pay up to keep Will Bull. Uh, Will Bull wants to – this is his alma mater. He wants to win at this place. But it's a nice thing when you see uh, a, a guy, you know, giving his due and kind of getting out in front of it and saying, hey, we, we like what you're doing. Let's go. It, it's, it's essentially just like a public – recognition of momentum right yeah like that's, that's what it is and it i mean it, it needed to be done um i'm glad it was i mean I, I a lot of people say oh that's not a big enough raise to keep sec programs away i mean i, I don't i don't know that that's money is not the not the object there it's how how competitive you can be and can you win there and i, I he believes that he can in nebraska it's pretty that pretty much that simple Shows you're wanted. I mean, people work at places if they give you a Christmas ham or something, sometimes you're like, at least they, you know, they're, they're giving me something extra. No raise, but you get a hundred thousand dollars worth of ham. That's (laughs) back up the truck. That's what I was saying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of momentum, um, Husker basketball, uh, got an addition they did well let's go to the departure first Delano Banton uh keeps his name in the NBA draft uh I would I didn't really think that was going to happen um what did you think I was surprised um and this well initially I was surprised um that you know there was at least a lot of buzz about him um he's he's a bit of a he's a bit of a basketball unicorn because he's six foot eight, six foot nine, can handle the ball well, um, you know, can can defend a number of positions. But the thing with Delano Banton was the shooting just wasn't there um, last season. And, you know, he went to the, the G League combine, had a really good week, 
Um, you know, really impressed in teams and individual workouts. Uh, shot the ball significantly better. And, you know, I, he's an older guy. He's been at a couple stops. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit of question about what his role looks like after the way that the season ended last year for him individually, because he really struggled with uh, coming back from the COVID stuff. And, you know, he's just kind of betting on himself. I mean, I, I think with the way his game is, he can for sure go and get paid uh, in Europe or overseas if he wants to, um, or if it comes to that. But I think he's also kind of an, an intriguing guy that teams would, you know, consider stashing away in the G League and letting him develop a little bit. Because um, if he can shoot, uh, th there's, you know, he, he has a really unique makeup, I think. And I think that's kind of what put him over the top a little bit. Yeah, I don't think we saw the best of him last year. And I do remember, like, heading into last season, um, all the buzz behind the scenes was sort of about Banton. And, I mean, you would hear it from, you know, Fred Hoiberg, um, who knows a thing or two, um, you know, about talent and guys who can play at the next level. Um, I don't know how it impacts Nebraska going forward. Um, I can't decide yet. And I guess we'll never know if it uh, is a, is a, I don't want to say a positive uh, that he departed. Cause I don't necessarily think that, but I was wondering even before he announced when, if he comes back, how does he fit exactly is what I'm getting at. Um, and because he did struggle here last year, shooting the ball and you've got all these interesting new pieces and that it, it sort of feels like the train is, is ready to go without him a little bit. Uh, and so I, I, I don't know if like what the honest assessment behind the scenes from coaches would be about how it impacts Nebraska, good or bad. Yeah. It, I mean, there, there was, I think going to be a little bit of question of what the point was going to look like. Um, you know, Trey McGowan's did a lot of that towards the end of last season. Um, you know, they leaned a little bit on Kobe Webster to do some of that uh, initiation of the offense too. Um, and yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, it does somewhat simplify things a little bit. I mean, at this, on the same time, I mean, you're, you're losing a guy that this staff, you know, has kind of long thought was an NBA type talent. Um, if he could, if he could continue to develop. Um, but, you know, they, they have those two guys left. And then, you know, very shortly after that news with Banton, you know, you, you get the Alonzo Verge Jr. commitment out of Arizona State as a grad transfer with one year left who uh, is kind of a combo guard, uh, can help you at the point, can help you as a shooting guard, and, you know, ha has played in a number of roles in his career. He's the, the Pac-12 sixth man of the year in his junior season at Arizona State. Um, so, you know, you, you add a little bit more post-depth there. So they'll be okay, I think. It's just a matter of, you know, what direction they want to take with who's going to actually run the point for them. And it, I mean, they've got options. I mean, I guess it's whether you view a lot of options as a good thing or a little bit more of a simple, simple uh, decision as a better thing. Yeah. Alonzo Verge averaged 14 points, 3.8 assists and 3.9 rebounds per game last season for Arizona state. So pretty good numbers. Um, He's an interesting Wait. guy, though, too. He was he was still working out for NBA teams up until 
basically the day before he committed to Nebraska, he had a workout for the Charlotte Hornets. So I think it makes sense for him too, given that, you know, he's got NBA aspirations. I mean, there's not many better places to go and coaches to go play for than uh, Fred Hoiberg. And, and now Nate Lenzer is another guy that, you know, really works to, to develop guys and has at the pro level. Yeah. It's not a, to me, it's not a question of uh, if, if Hoiberg and the staff's going to get it done, it's one. I really believe that. I, I just, I mean, they're just bringing in too much talent and his offense is too appealing. And what they really needed to happen has already started to happen where you get those one or two guys to commit and join the program that are big time prospects. Mm-hmm. And then other guys, I, we keep hearing it when we're talking to recruits, they're like, yeah, I played with him. You know, they, they see each other on the circuit and they've, they've met up or they've, they've been on the same teams or they played against these guys. And they're like, yeah, that guy's got some game and I want to play with those type of players. And also what I've heard from recruits and heard it from one today, I'll have a story on it uh, coming up is there is something to be said for, yeah, they're, they've got talent. And also it's a place where the, actually they haven't won yet in a big way. And that's sort of interesting to guys like the idea of the sales pitch of, Hey, do you want your name on the rafters here? As some, you know, maybe that's going a little far, but you get what I'm, that's what the guy said to me today. It's like, that's, that's what you could be there. You know, you could be that those guys who get this program on the map, you win it. NCAA tournament game, make a sweet 16 run or something like that. If you're the first group to do that, you're forever remembered in this state. Um, you talk about NIL stuff uh, that would go with it too. Some of that, that dough. Indeed. Anything else we need to hit on? I don't think so. I think we covered a uh, fair amount of topics. It's like a grab bag today. Yeah. We're just not a mailbag. Cause that's, we just, it was just, we're, we're hopping around. Mailbags more organized. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. We were just like reaching our hands up. Yeah, just talking, talking about right. fish and donut walls. And... <laughs> all right, well, Basically. that's all we got, but we will have a lot more on uh, Husker 24-7. Um, come to the site. Um, enjoy. Uh, we're going to – pretty soon it's media days. Um, that's next week. A uh, week from today. Uh, well, like tomorrow. Yeah. Indianapolis. We'll be there. Uh, so we'll have all we'll have everything from there. And of course, we'll have uh, basketball, baseball, football, everything come to the site. We'll have a lot, lot going on. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.